The planet we live on is full of mysteries, some that are modern day and with the passing of time will be solved, and then others that have endured for centuries with no solution in sight. In this video we'll be taking a look at both modern and old. So from the CIA's version of a Cicada 3301 statue outside their headquarters that no one can seem to crack, to an unusual and disturbing illness that mystified doctors in the 1900s. In this video, we'll be taking a look at world mysteries. But before we begin, we'd like to do a quick Patreon plug, which you can skip if you're not interested, but you wouldn't believe how much content you'll be missing out on. Our two most recent Murderous Minds and Mind of Madness episodes were on Bin Laden and the DC sniper attacks, and we'll be uploading the Truck Stop Killer and a documentary on Ricardo Lopez over the next few days. So to not only show your support for the channel, but also get access to all of our documentaries, then head on over to Patreon. It'll be the best $2 you spent all month. But remember, as has been the case from the very start, if you genuinely cannot afford $2 a month, we offer all of our Patreon exclusive content for free, no questions asked. We understand times are tough, and not everyone can afford it, but still find value and escape in our work. So if you cannot afford it, then just drop us an email to patreon at topfives.co.uk to see all of our Patreon content for free. You don't have to explain your situation or anything, you don't even have to write anything in the email. If you're wondering why we don't just upload the Patreon documentaries to YouTube, it's because by posting it on Patreon, we can talk about the topics unfiltered and uncensored. Now with that out of the way, let's take a look at five incredible unsolved mysteries of the world we live in, and try and get to the bottom of them. Living Statues as the world recovers from the worst pandemic in our lifetimes, is it possible that another is just around the corner? We've all heard of the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, which has been compared to the COVID pandemic we are currently experiencing. However, few will be aware of another equally terrifying disease that swept the world at around the same time, sleepy sickness. In 1916, an unusual and disturbing illness emerged that eventually took the lives of over a million people and left countless others severely debilitated, often frozen inside unresponsive bodies. Young people, especially women, were the most vulnerable to the disease, although it affects all ages. The first symptoms were a sore throat, fever and a headache, followed by more alarming symptoms such as blurred vision and extreme weakness. Within hours, some victims experienced tremors, abnormal bodily movements, severe muscle pains, and delayed mental response. Symptoms advanced with terrifying speed, and even after receiving medical attention, patients deteriorated rapidly. Before falling into a coma, behavioural changes appeared, including psychosis and hallucinations, followed by increased drowsiness. Doctors were completely baffled by the bizarre epidemic that spread through Europe and the rest of the world. They named the disease encephalitis lethargica, which means inflammation of the brain that makes you tired although it was more commonly referred to as sleepy sickness. Those that survived the disease often remained in a coma indefinitely, sometimes for months or years. And although full recoveries were not unheard of, they were very rare. Many of those stricken with the disease experienced ill effects for the rest of their lives, including vision problems, difficulty swallowing, personality changes, and sometimes permanent psychosis. One widespread problem in people recovering from sleepy sickness was post-encephalectic Parkinson's disease, leaving them with slowness, tremors, speech problems, 
and abnormal muscle movements. In more extreme cases, individuals retained their hearing, intelligence, and reasoning, but were left in a catatonic state, unable to respond to anything. Then, in 1928, as suddenly as it had appeared, the disease was gone, and no new cases were reported. However, thousands of those who survived the disease were left institutionalized or trapped inside their useless bodies. Over 40 years after the outbreak, some catatonic victims were treated with a newly developed anti-Parkinson drug called Aldiopa. A number of the patients improved dramatically after treatment and became conscious, responsive, and aware of the world around them. But sadly, there was no miraculous recovery for most of them, and they slipped back into a cataconic state within a few days or weeks, with repeated doses having no effect. In 1990, the movie Awakenings was released, based on the memoirs of Oliver Sacks, the British neurologist who treated the patients with the then new drug, Aldiopa. Since the original pandemic, cases of sleepy sickness have been scarce, but not unheard of. Scarily, despite advances in medical science, the cause of the initial 1916 to 1928 outbreak have never been determined. However, it's thought to be caused by a particular strain of bacteria called Diplococcus, known to cause sore throats. Though the evidence is insufficient to be certain, the findings of the research, however, strongly suggests that the sleepy sickness epidemic was caused by the body's excessive immune response to the bacteria, causing the immune system to attack the nerve cells of the brain. Similar to the way COVID attacks the lungs. What is equally unnerving is that experts believe the bacteria is currently dormant, but there is no reason to think that it's extinct. In theory, sleepy sickness could strike again at any time. Saddle Ridge Horde In February of 2013, Mary and her husband John, not their real names, from Sierra Nevada, California, were walking their dog on their own grounds, when Mary noticed something strange on the side of the trail that looked like an old tin can poking out of the ground. Intrigued, Mary carefully worked the tin out of the dirt, and she uncovered something that would change their lives forever. Inside the rusty container was 1,411 gold coins. The coins were old, minted somewhere between 1847 and 1894, but they were in new condition. After retrieving the tin and taking it to officials, they discovered the hall was worth about $10 million, making it the largest discovery of lost treasure in US history yet no one had a clue how it got there. The treasure was nicknamed the Saddle Ridge Hoard and thought to have been buried sometime in the late 19th century. Most of the coins were $20 gold pieces minted in San Francisco after 1854 during the gold rush. However, some of the earlier coins were minted in Georgia, which raised the question of how they found their way to California. Their pristine condition suggested they'd never entered circulation, making them even more valuable. When they were buried, their face value would have been around $28,000. But the question is, why would someone bury a fortune in gold coins and never go back for them? It's been theorized they were the proceeds of a 1901 bank heist in San Francisco, when an employee walked out with around $30,000 in gold coins. However, the US government has ruled this out, as the coins don't match those you'd expect to find from that particular robbery. Others believe they might have been the life savings of a miner who struck gold during the gold rush, who died before he could retrieve his treasure. Another theory is the original owner of the property they were found on didn't trust banks, 
and buried his wealth on the grounds, dying before telling anyone where it was. But for now, the origins of America's largest gold treasure hall is a complete mystery, and one that may never be solved, as both the location of the coins and the identity of the people who found them are being kept a close secret. Cryptos in 1989, American artist Jim Sanborn was busy working on his crypto sculpture, a cryptograph puzzle wrapped in a riddle that he created for the CIA's headquarters in Langley, Virginia. Cryptos was unveiled at the headquarters on November 3, 1990. The artwork features a large upright block of petrified wood, with a tall copper plate scrolling out from it like a sheet of paper. The base is a round pool with a fountain pump that sends water moving in a circular direction around the reservoir. Carved out of the copper plate are approximately 1,800 letters, some of them forming a cryptograph table based on a method developed by a 16th century Frenchman named Blaise de Visionaire. Supposedly, apart from Salon, only retired chairman of the CIA's cryptograph center, Ed Scheid, and William Webster, the CIA director, know what the code reads. In 1995, a small group of crypto analysts inside the NSA managed to decipher the first three sections of the sculpture, though no one outside the agency knew about it. Then in 1998, CIA analyst David Stein also cracked the same three messages. A year later, California computer scientist Jim Gilogli gained public notoriety when he cracked and released the same three messages. However, to date, nearly 32 years after its installation, the fourth code has never been deciphered, and the experts who deciphered the first three codes have long since given up trying to solve the fourth. In 2010, Saborn released a clue to help things along. He revealed that six of the last 97 letters on the fourth puzzle, when decrypted, spelt the word Berlin, but still, no one cracked the code. Then, in November 2014, Sanborn released another clue stating that the letters M, Z, F, P, and K, the 70th and 74th letters in passage 4, become clock. After decryption, Sanborn also added that in order to solve passage 4, you better delve into that particular clock, and that there are several really interesting clocks in Berlin. Still, no one cracked the code. In January 2020, the New York Times gave another clue stating at positions 26 to 34. Ciphertext. QQPRNGKSS is the word northeast. Then in August 2020, Sanborn revealed that the four letters in positions 22 to 25, ciphertext FLRV, in the plain text are east. But still, no one has cracked the code, and even if they do, there's an additional message they'll still need to resolve. Once decrypted, the fourth section reveals a riddle, which Sanborn has said requires sleuths to be on the CIA grounds to solve. Just to make things even more difficult, Sanborn has admitted cryptos includes intentional spelling errors and misaligned characters set higher on a line of text than characters around them. He also claimed that Ed and William only thought they knew the solution, but in fact, they didn't. He had deceived them. Sanborn is 76 years old now and has mixed views on whether he wants the puzzle to be solved. He'd like to see crypto solved in his lifetime, but he also enjoys that some of the smartest minds in cryptography, including those at the CIA and NSA, continue to be baffled by his work. Anyone out there who thinks they can crack the code would most likely mean an instant career for the CIA.
Adam's calendar. Adam's calendar was discovered by accident in 2003 by Joan Heen. Joan was flying his plane above hilly terrain in the Pumalanga region of South Africa, searching for a fellow pilot who had crashed into the hillside, when he spotted a strange stone formation right on the edge of a high mountain cliff from above. After recovering the injured pilot from the crashed plane, Johan returned to the site with five experts to see if they could explain what he had seen. Incredibly, all five of them dismissed the find as just a pile of stones. So Johan did his own investigations, and his early research found the configuration of stones to have four cardinal directions, indicating the solstices and equinoxes in a similar manner to Stonehenge in the UK. It took him six years to accurately survey the monoliths and study their unique alignment, by which time the archaeological community started to take interest. The site consists of an outer stone circle about 30 metres in diameter. Inside it are several monoliths arranged in a complex pattern. The layout appears to have been built in astronomical alignments, making the site a calendar, but because the north-south-east-west alignment is out by 3 degrees, 17 minutes and 43 seconds, it indicates the structure is at least 25,000 years old, based on archaeo-astronomical calculations. Two upright stones lie at the circle's centre with carvings upon them. These stones, and much of the building materials, appear to have been transported from a distance, and the original shape of this calendar site is still discernible from aerial images, although not immediately obvious at ground level. Further studies of the geology and lichen growth revealed that the site is at least 75,000 years old, and some estimates date it as over 300,000 years old making it the oldest artificial structure ever discovered. If the monument is indeed that old, it would rewrite human history, as it would almost certainly require the involvement of a sophisticated culture to aid in its construction. There are other structures and stone circles surrounding the site, which are built with complementary alignments, connected by a series of channels. Researchers believe these channels are rough roads to give access to Adam's calendar. Even today, the calendar works perfectly as it allows people to track the time of day and year by following the shadow of the setting sun. The sun's shadow is cast by the taller monolith across the centre of the fat stone beside it. Research also uncovered sound frequencies which the rock formations receive from the earth underneath them. As technologies have advanced, scientists have successfully worked upon detecting the sound frequencies and measured them with all acoustic properties. These frequencies have been traced to the earth underneath the area enclosed by the stone circles. This has led to the startling theory that these stones also conduct electricity, albeit in a manner we do not understand. The sound frequencies from the earth within those stones form the resonant shape of flowers, representing a form of sacred geometry within the landscape. So who or what constructed Adam's calendar, as it would almost certainly require the involvement of a sophisticated culture to aid in its construction? Theories range from a vanished unknown civilization to, of course, ancient aliens. The alien theory is backed up by the apparent requirement to view the site from an aerial vantage point, suggesting, if it is as old as experts believe, humans were not involved in its construction. For now, this little-known but very important structure is a mystery, but it's a mystery that could rewrite human history. The mystery of King Arthur's existence. We've all heard of King Arthur, the heroic monarch who led his trusted knights into victorious battles against the Saxon invaders, 
of the early 6th century. His story has everything, but in case you are unfamiliar, here's a brief overview. Arthur was born in Tintagel Castle in Cornwall, England, and when his father, King Uther, died, the teenage Arthur managed to pull out a sword set in stone to beat his rivals and take over the throne, all under the watchful eye of his mentor Merlin. Queen Guinevere, Arthur's wife, brought romance to the story, while his half-sister, Morgan Le Fay, added another twist. Into the mix was Sir Lancelot, one of the world's greatest knights, along with the search for the Holy Grail. As the Saxons slowly started to take over Britain, King Arthur built a castle at Camelot and gathered his chivalrous knights around the famous round table. Under the guidance of Merlin, Arthur obtained a mighty sword called Excalibur, and with his weapon, he and his knights defeated numerous rivals. After many great battles and a massive victory at Mount Baden, the Saxons' advance was finally halted. However, eventually Sir Lancelot deceived Arthur by having an affair with Queen Guinevere. A furious King Arthur wanted to punish his wife and his knight for their cheating, and planned to burn his wife at the stake. Other versions say his nephew, Nordred, was the one who deceived him, and tried to take over his crown. The two fought, and Arthur fatally wounds Mordred, but is left mortally wounded himself. Morgan Le Fay tends to his wounds, but is unable to save him. After Arthur's death, Morgan puts his body on a boat and floats it downriver to the Isle of Avalon, and it's never seen again. With a legacy like that, it's no wonder King Arthur has inspired many books, documentaries and movies, not to mention tourist attractions, and most of us believe he was a real person. But was he? The existence of King Arthur has been debated for centuries, and historians have been unable to confirm that he really existed. Considering he was such a hero and crucial to the halt of the Saxon invasion, his name does not appear in the only surviving contemporary source about the invasion, in which the Celtic monk Gildas wrote of the real-life battle at Baden Hills in around 500 AD. If Arthur were the hero of such an important battle, you would think he would get a mention. In fact, it was several hundred years later that King Arthur was written about. When Geoffrey of Monmouth writes about King Arthur and introduces figures who would become central to the Arthurian legend, including Guinevere, Lancelot, Merlin, Morgan Le Fay, and his magical sword Caliburn, later known as Excalibur. The book was supposedly based on a lost Celtic manuscript that only Geoffrey had access to. Other varying descriptions of King Arthur's life have appeared in ancient poems, and Wales have their own depiction of the legend. It was French poet, Chrétien de Troyes, who introduced Arthur's search for the mysterious Holy Grail. As the centuries passed, the legend of King Arthur grew stronger, and English rulers from Henry VIII to Queen Victoria have mentioned him. But whether he really lived still remains a mystery, and many historians continue to search for evidence and clues proving existence. While others believe the legendary tales are just that, and that Arthur was likely an amalgamation based on several figures of that era. So that's it for this video. We hope you've enjoyed these five incredible unsolved mysteries of the world. Remember, if you want more content from us, not only are we uploading a top fives video every week and one too close to home episode per month, we're also aiming to upload two documentaries over on Patreon each month, a Murderous Minds episode and a Minds of Madness episode. So if you're craving more, then head on over to Patreon to not only show your support, but also get access to all of our content over there. Thanks for watching. And as always, we'll see you in the next video.